There's a mystery to untangle Using comedy as our angle We'll reveal the quest of a special guest With a little jesting We'll be demystifying the expert Using laughter as our guide Demystifying the expert Till our questions have been satisfied And the expert has been well demystified all right, programs like this uh, would not be possible without the generous support of people who understand the power of educating the masses and how science works and why it matters. And for this, we're very grateful. We are specifically grateful to Mr. Edward Rice, who uh, made this uh, possible through the generous uh, donation through um, Madison Trust Fund, the College of Science and Mathematics, and uh, obviously, the Department of Physics and Astronomy. So we are going to start by first introducing uh, us, who are going to be the, the hosts host. of this program. Right. So we have here uh, Dr. Anka Constantin. Hello. Yay. Yes, I'm just a, an astrophysicist. I'm chasing supermassive black holes for a living, basically, when I'm not in the classroom. And uh, the other host is another physicist, who is Dr. Klebert Faitosa. And what I do is I blow bubbles for a living. And it's possible to do that. You can come to my lab and I show you how. So uh, now we want to introduce the comedians. Um, let's see, would you like to sh call the first one? I will, I will. So the first one is actually uh, a hookie, a newbie or something. So she's here actually for the first time. So you should expect the most of her, no pressure. <laughs> Naomi Stewart. She is, come on up, Naomi. She is a sophomore English major. Uh, she's also a Jew from New Jersey. And Naomi is almost as passionate about comedy as she is about bagels. All right. So we have also Alex Jacobs. Come here, Alex. Alex is a senior double major in communication and philosophy, gifted with brain and brawn. Alex likes to ponder the meaning of life while he checks IDs as a bouncer at the local clubs. Yes. All right. And last but not least, we have Noah Etka. Okay. As a new improved resident future boy, whatever that means. Uh, so for more, Noah Etka is a computer science major, and he hopes to one day control an army of sentient 3D printers. And, and finally, to our mystery expert of the night, Dr. Professor Gary Albright. Where is he? Okay, let's give him. Come on up, Gary. He has been at JMU since 2007 after several teaching positions at UVA and several community colleges and high schools in Virginia. Gary got his PhD and master's degree from UVA, where he specialized in what we are going to demystify today. Hint. Hint, right. Uh, please take the hottest seat in the room. All right. Uh, just a few words about Gary. He has got his bachelor's degree from Bates College, which is a little bit north, kind of cold right now, I heard. So lucky to be here and live in Virginia. Uh, professor Albright is also the JMU General Education Professor of the Year 2017. You just don't have just any professor here. And he's greatly invested in making the public aware of the types of hint of things he is an expert on, which, of course, we're not telling you because this is the subject of this evening. So let's, let, let's the show begin. Right. Let's start. We usually um, write in our flyers, which obviously none of you or very few of you have seen around, we write the name of the ex expert and where, what department they're coming from, but we didn't do it this time and I don't think we're going to do it from now on. So usually our comedians know a little bit about that, but not today, for the first time ever. So how are we going to demystify our expert? Game number one, the 20 question style guessing game. Um, so in this game, the comedians uh, are allowed to ask questions to which the expert can answer to with only yes or no. And through those questions, they're supposed to find out 
what kind of scientist Gary is and what kind of science he's pursuing. All right. Who's going to be first? Let's go down the line. I'll, I can go? All right. Okay, uh, go ahead. It. Go ahead. These are all, all right. yes and no, right? All yes, yes or no, no answers. That's right. Let's go. All right. On a scale of 1 to 10, how mad did the movie Gravity make you? Well, it, it has yes or no. Oh, you're right. Yes. Oh, did Gravity make yes you mad? No. Did Gravity make you mad? Yes. Um, One point for no. Oh, man, that's that was pressure. Um, do you study the environment from the movie Gravity? Space? Like space? Like space? I, I suppose <laughs> space would be a better way to say that. Yes. Do you study space? Uh, yes. Okay. Stars? Yes. They got it with their very first wow. question. This is just wow. amazing. Right. So indeed, Gary is an astronomer or astrophysicist. Nowadays, actually, they're interchangeable, these words. Right. Yay, so this is what we got today, an astrophysicist. We, I think we started our program like three or four years ago with an astrophysicist, and we didn't have an astrophysicist back yet. So uh, yeah, that's it. I feel All like right. that was too easy. It was too easy. It's <laughs> always easy with astronomy, isn't it, Gary? What's that? It's, what? it's always easy with astronomy. That's true. We could, we could try and, if you wanted to do a couple more, we could ask a little bit more, maybe to just intrigue. We can try. Let's see how try. that's going to um, go. So, yeah. so, so the what space, about stars, the universe right? is big. What part of the universe, right? Ooh, what part? All right, let me see. Um, wow. It's a, you have you to guess go, now what? Have you studied <laughs> the sun? No. No. Oh. Like ever? <laughs> like ever. I mean, I was, in, I was in like ISI 101 last semester and I studied the sun a little bit. Like, um, that, that wasn't my question, I swear. Um, do you study stars that are in relation to like other stars really far away? Because I know they're all really far, but I mean like really, really far. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so not close stars. <laughs> There are no closed stars, except the sun. So. <laughs> yeah, let's get him, guys. <laughs> he's just, he's trying to help. Um, okay. Um, well, God, you said you didn't study anything that wasn't a star. And you don't study the sun. Can we ask questions that aren't yes or yes. no? Since we, yes, okay. you can. Yes, What's you your can. favorite star? <laughs> Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Why? Can you tell us why? It's really big. <laughs> I admire that. Follow-up question? Yeah. How yeah. big? Well, if In we terms that we can easily understand. <laughs> if we put the center of Betelgeuse where the center of our sun is, the surface would be beyond the orbit of Jupiter. Okay. That's big. That's big. <laughs> so don't say it three times. Because <laughs> we'll all die. There are bigger things than that, especially in astronomy, but yeah. we're going to... Fair, fair enough. Fair, yeah. All right, okay. Does, uh, does studying stars make you feel small? Yes. Is it sad? <laughs> Not sad, but <laughs> small. She's trying to ask if it's a depressing field of... Uh, no, I don't think it's, it's... It's interesting. It's fascinating. Would you feel any better if you studied really small things like atoms? <laughs> Would you be like, I'm so big? <laughs> I don't know. It's a real confidence boost to look at an atom and be like, yeah, so you big. make me. You know? <laughs> it's good. So, so how about uh, Gary can give us sort of like an elevator speech about what he's interested most, uh, mostly about the stars, and then we can pick up some, some things from that. Like a quick explanation of my work? Yeah. Okay. yeah this, uh, assume that you are going to spend a minute on the elevator with President Alger, and you would like to explain what you do, and also get some funding from the NSF to continue investigating that research. All in one minute. It's a lot, it's a lot of pressure. I'd probably make something up if I was just... Okay. <laughs> 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 Why don't you do in both? An, an, yeah, okay. Um, well, I study interacting stars, which are stars that are binary stars that are very close together. They go around each other in just a few days. And the, the main star that this is named after are Algol stars. And Algol is in the constellation Perseus. 
and it's the winking eye of Medusa. You know that when Perseus cuts off Medusa's head, he puts it in a sack so he can go uh, save his mother. Uh, but one of the eyes on Medusa keeps opening and closing. And even though there's no written records that ancients knew this, Al Algol star, and Algol comes from the Arabic Al-Ghul, which means the demon star, um, it's made of a bright star and a dim star, and it eclipses. And so when the dim star passes in front of the bright star, it becomes noticeably dimmer, like you can tell with the naked eye that it's changed in brightness. Um, and so even, since there's no records that people knew that it varied in brightness, it's kind of a coincidence that it just happened to end up as the winking eye of Medusa, because uh, it's one of only a few stars that you can actually tell varies in brightness. Now, these two stars interact with each other by exchanging gas when they get to um, a certain point in their life and they swell up to become big, like Betelgeuse swells up. It's a dying star. Only dying stars get that large. Um, and so they exchange mass and they do interesting things. So we studied what the mass exchange between these stars looked like. So that, our, that's my, is that one minute? <laughs> yeah. You got the money. Yeah. So wow, how do, much? Do we, yeah, yeah. Do we know of, uh, of planets orbiting those binary systems? Um, in general, it's thought that if you have two stars that are very close to each other like that, any disks that would form around the star that would eventually become into planets would be disrupted by the binary system. So in general, you never look for planets in a, in a close binary star. So how many stars are there have sisters or brothers like this? About half of all stars are in binary or multiple star systems. Half? Yeah. So we got unlucky that we only have one. Well, no, it's lucky because if we were in a binary, we wouldn't have planets, and so we Good wouldn't point. be here. <laughs> Perks of uh, being uh, the, the only one. <laughs> yes. All right. So. Okay. So, Any comments? Yeah. So with uh, so is you said Medusa's eye is one of the only ones that we can see that varies noticeably with the naked eye that you can tell that it gets brighter and dimmer. So and you said every couple days. Every three days. So do you know it, like it, what it is right? Like if we were to walk outside right now, is it even in the sky? No, it's not up right now. Oh. But it'll it'll be up shortly. But. Um, You'd have to look at a, you know, a, a table, like yeah. it's every three days, it's like really like 2.97 something, something, something days, right. and, you know, and then of course a lot of times it'll be in minimum light during the day, you know, so you can't obviously see that. Right. Um, but yes, uh, you know, you, you could go out and, you know, there's websites you can log on to, it'll say like, mini, you know, minima of algal is what they'd be called, and you could find some night where you could go out and see it. And it varies quite rapidly within a few hours. Like it goes from, you know, bright down to the dim, and then back to bright. So why why do you study the binary, these binary systems, or this system in particular, and not um, just stars like our own, like the, like the sun? Well, the, these uh, the disks of materials. The, these two stars exchange a significant amount of mass, and how that process goes uh, forward, and and what it looks like when it's happening was not very well understood. So we took a bunch of observations all the way around the orbits and then reconstructed them using a Doppler tomography, which is sounds <laughs> scientific, but it's the same thing they do in uh, medical studies where if they take a bunch of slices through your body with like a CAT scan or something, then they can reconstruct what you look like three-dimensionally on the inside, right? So what we did a similar thing where we looked at this system up from a bunch of different angles and then put it into a program that would then reconstruct what the uh, disks of materials around these stars look like. Um, so you, you mentioned that they exchange material. So what would be the end? Are they going to collapse onto each other? Are they going to uh, form some sort of uh, other, another kind of complicated system? Well, most algal systems, the ones I studied, are, are, have periods of less than, say, 10 days. And the stars are small enough that neither one of them is going to supernova, so they'll end up as um, low-mass stars and medium-mass stars all end up in a type of star called a white dwarf. And so it'll end up, the, the two stars will, are gravitationally bound, so even when they die, when they become white dwarfs, which is what our sun will do, they'll just be two white dwarfs orbiting each other, uh, so they'll just be a burned out system, but they'll still remain you know, twins because they were born together and they're going to stay together for their whole lives. I see. That's great. Do you have more questions? 
Are the comedians speechless? <laughs> Are there, is there any evidence of any systems of stars with more than two orbiting each other? Yes. There's triple systems, quadruple systems. If you have a triple system, what a typical, the geometry is, you normally have like a close binary and then a third star in a wide orbit around those. So from the third star's point of view, like the binary looks kind of like one star. So if there's a third sun star <clears throat> that could orbit another binary system, what, would, what is stopping a planet from being able to form around a binary system? Well, Just because one would be solid, one would be gas? No, the idea is, is that planets form from disks of gas that form around stars. And if you're in a tight binary system, that material will be swept up by your, the other star in the binary. So it'll disrupt, like disk formation will be inhibited because of the gravitational tug of the two stars. Now there could be a planet like on the third star, if it's like in a wide orbit of like, you know, a number of years around the binary, that would be uh, sort of, uh, gravitationally a, a single star and could form a disk that could coalesce into planets. I have, I have a question. Yes. Did you just say that the star, the third star thinks that the other two stars are one? Like how does it, how does it think that? Like it just, like it's, like it's, it, it's alive. Attracted to it. Or something like I don't know. Like, of course, they're attracted. Yeah, yeah. yeah even the like. Yeah. Well, is it like I thought that you said they were brothers and sisters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it just has the same effect. Yeah. Like it has the same effect that it would if it was one. Or yeah, I mean, gravitationally, from if, from a great distance away, two stars that are very next to each other would behave as though it's just one object. For instance, if you had two light bulbs right next to each other and you went a great distance away, it would appear like one light to you. And so gravitationally, if you have two stars that are very close together like that, if you're far away, it'll sort of behave dynamically as though it's just one object. Sorry about that thinking thing. Is a four star <laughs> Did I say thinking? I don't know. Is the four star system two binary systems orbiting each other? Yes, the, the four star system, we'd have two binaries and then they'd be in a binary orbit around themselves. That's because if you had stars just going around each other willy nilly like a triple system, what will eventually happen is two of them are going to gang up on the third one and kick it out. Like they're going to tug on it. So there's only certain geometries where that are stable. Does, where does he go? Just, just find someone else. Wants, yeah, just, just gets crashes kind of, on his buddy's couch. Yeah, it's kind of mean of the, the slings stars. and arrows. Yeah, I don't. I don't space, think they're space very is a nice. lonely place. Has there ever been a five star? Yeah, yes, you can have five. Sure, yeah. like you can keep building them up that way. So yeah, what's the just, biggest one that we've ever observed? Oh, wow, that I don't know. Okay. Oh. What's the biggest one you've ever win? observed? <laughs> <laughs> Is that a winner question? <laughs> Four. All right. A double so, double. Uh, yeah. yeah, it looks like uh, our uh, our panel is learning a lot. So um, why don't we move on to game two, which is called the out of this world news, right? What do we do here, Clebert? So in this uh, in this game, we're gonna uh, read. Uh, headline that we got from somewhere and the first one comes from actually the uh, magazine Science okay, from August 2017 and there will be a word that will be subtracted from that and you have to guess which word that is so it's fill in the blanks okay so the no the the no you're the expert you're gonna help later our Excellent. panel is going to do that, and later on you're going to help them figure out what, what is the meaning of that, uh, um, the headline. The headline says, the white blank that survived. So what can that the blank be? The white blank that survived. Dwarf. Dwarf. Oh, my God. They, wow, did, this is, they uh, did understand everything <laughs> that was talked about just now. I feel like uh, there was a binary system that turned into one. Hear that. And uh -huh. then uh, it, it made it, and it survived. And it's that's really a coming-of-age tale. Yeah, there's really not much of a climax to the story. It just I kind see. of lived on. You are getting really, really close. So, yeah, let you me know. tell you what happened. So, indeed, the, 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 the white dwarf is in a binary system and was trying to steal matter from the companion. That's not cool. Uh, they usually do that, the white dwarfs. Oh, just yeah. Especially when they live in a companionship like this, in binary systems, right? And, um, and it turned out that this, uh, 
this uh, stealing kind of failed for this one. So basically, uh, that white dwarf survived the supernova explosion, right? It was a supernova type 1A, but I don't know, maybe the expert can tell us something about like, why do we care about this supernovae, supernovae type 1A, the white dwarf supernovae? Why are they, what, what, why, what is, why should we care about them? Supernova type 1A? Well, the white dwarf uh, yeah, white right? dwarfs, like if they're getting matter transferred onto them, which is what I was talking about with algal stars as well, they can supernova. And because all of these systems, called a supernova type 1, are white dwarfs that blow up, they're almost exactly the same. And we use them for what we call standard candles because if a white dwarf blows up, you know, billions of light years away, if we know exactly how bright it is, we can tell how far away that galaxy is. And so they're used as distance indicators. For astronomers, we never know how far something is away from us unless we can identify something in that thing you're looking at whose you know, luminosity or power output you know. Like you know it's a 100-watt bulb, and then you can calculate how far away it is. And these types of white dwarfs where, uh, these, where they accrete matter and blow up are the best standard candles we have for long distances. Now I have a follow-up question. What is the plural of dwarf? Dwarves? Uh, uh, Dwoos. <laughs> dwy. I'm gonna go with dwy. Or is it just, like, look at all the dwarf? It's just... <laughs> it's like, like a plural deer. of its own? Yeah. That, <laughs> like deer or something? Um, no, well, uh, well, Snow White, it's the seven dwarfs, but with V-E-S, but when you're talking about white dwarfs, it's dwarfs. Now, I also am going to follow up with another one. There's three words in the English language that begin with D-W. We, we just got one. Not proper nouns, right? You know, like real words, not like dweeb. <laughs> Dwindle. Dwindle. We have dwarf already. There's one, one more. We have an English major here. On the spot. No pressure. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> one word. Dwayne the Rock. She got it. Control no. all dewit. No. It's a, it's a fairly common word. Think of like a place where you live. What do you call that? A dwelling. dwelling. There you go. That's it. That's and all that's three. that's it? That's all three? Dwell, dwindle, and dwarf. Oh, that's wow. That's it. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Okay. Things that you learn from astronomers. So um, let me tell you something else that's very curious about this system. The thing is, it's extremely difficult to peel off some outer layers of a very dense and compact system like the white dwarf would be. And unless there is vast amount of energy invested. And so, you know, the thermonuclear explosion of a white dwarf does just that, right? So basically what they found was a white dwarf without the outer layer. So that's why they said they must have survived the supernova explosion, which was extremely rare. It was the very first system that was found to so, um, behave like I that. I actually have a question. What is, so, yes. compared to our sun, what is, what is a supernova? What is a white dwarf? What, what is the difference besides just size? Well, a supernova, there are several different types, but a supernova is when a star gravitationally falls in on itself and can either form a neutron star or a black hole. Um, they're the brightest things in the universe currently. So when a supernova goes off, it's as bright as an entire galaxy. Oh, wow. Um, like for a short period of time. Sure. Uh, and all the energy well, that's stars released is... in one galaxy? Well, something like 200, you know, billion. <laughs> so that's pretty bright. <laughs> yeah, so 200 billion stars, suns, except brighter, than, yeah. I see. Um, shortly. Um, now, a white dwarf is, is a, a star that, like the sun, it's just the burned out core of a star, and it throws off its outer layers. And a white dwarf is typically about the mass of the sun, but it's about the size of the Earth. So it so weighs like 300,000 Earths, yeah. but it's only as big as the right, Earth. Right, right. Imagine that much power. In when you say supernovas happen for a short period of time, what does, what does short mean? Uh, well, question. the core collapses extremely fast, which is where the energy is released. But the energy that's given off in the explosion only lasts for a matter of weeks or months. Oh, okay. You know, because so, a lot of it ends up being the light gets emitted. And then there's kinetic energy, uh, but you know they don't. So when a supernova goes off, it doesn't stay bright, you know, forever. You right. know, it's only 
very luminous for a relatively short period of time is what I meant. Okay. And Should they think. So shall we go to the third one? Are you ready for the third? Uh, okay. Third blank. Yep. So the third. Alex uh, is ready. The third headline. Like he's got two of them. He's going to get so them. So this comes from the Astrophysical Journal. Okay. And it was published this past April. It says, a black hole in a low-mass X-ray blank. A black hole in a low-mass X-ray blank. You, you Alex, get first you guess. Get um, machine. Okay, uh, a black hole in a low-mass X-ray machine. Try again. Right okay. in the doctor's office. Good, good <laughs> idea. A uh, black hole in a low-mass X-ray died. Died? Like collapsed? The collapse, okay. No. <laughs> low-mass X-ray spectrometer. Ah, interesting. Black it, hole in a low-mass X-ray spectrometer. No. The no. wave? Try other, yeah. <laughs> X-ray uh, wave. holes, waves, yeah. I know, it's a big, it's big, it's been big news, right? With those waves coming from black holes, gravitational <laughs> yep. waves. It's just not it here. Can we but it is a word that we actually used a lot for the past 30 minutes. Star. Uh, close. <laughs> <laughs> Another one that was almost as often Supernova? Used, uh, no. Binary? <laughs> Binary! Yay! He again. Look at Thank that. you for saving us. You're Black welcome. hole in a low-mass X-ray right. binary. Low-mass X-ray binaries. That's what do exactly you think that is all about? What Gary studied. Right for his page. So More what, or less, what's, yeah. What's that name? It's kind of a long name, right? What's what? What is this coming from? What does X-ray have to do with anything? Well, low mass X-ray binary. Um, the material that's falling on top of the star will either form like a really hot disk, or also it'll erupt with explosions that put off a lot of X-rays. And so some of these systems, when the the star that's getting the the matter transferred onto it, if it's a white dwarf, which or a neutron star, then interesting things can happen to the gas when it piles up on the surface of these objects, resulting in large amounts of X-rays being put off. So um, with this one, was actually the very first low-mass X-ray binary where the one part of the binary that was doing the accreting, the stealing of mass, was actually a black hole and not a, usually there is a what? A neutron star. Right, what is that? <laughs> It's a big ball of neutrons about 10 miles across. <laughs> it has the mass of the sun, or one and a half times the mass of the sun, um, but it collapsed onto itself. And during the collapse, for every proton that was in this material, there was an electron. And if you ram an electron into a proton, you make it into a neutron. And so if you turn all the protons into neutrons, then gravity can hold a big ball of those together because there's no repulsion. Gravity couldn't hold a bunch of protons together because the electrostatic repulsion would be too great. Uh, but if you turn everything into neutrons, you can make these giant balls of them. Now the neutron was discovered in 1932, and seven years later, after the discovery, somebody wrote a paper about the possibility of the existence of neutron stars. Um, and I'm not going to try to drag it out of you, but that person was Robert Oppenheimer. And at least partly based on that he work, he was given the charge of the Manhattan Project in World War II. Like, he was the first person who actually thought of uh, neutron stars. All right. Uh, any more questions about this? So, yeah, the, pretty much the very first detection, basically, of a stellar mass black hole happened just in April. We knew about them. It's just, you know, we tried to, we chased them. Did you say 10 miles across uh -huh. for a neutron star? Yes. And the d density one and a half times the sun. One and a half times the mass of the sun. Oh, and it's oh. only 10 miles across. So, so it's the density right. of nuclear matter. Wow. Like the density of a nucleus, you know, just, just the nucleus itself. Right. Okay. Because it is basically solid nuclear matter. And because it's neutral, it can be held together by gravity. All right, so I think we should move on to the third game of the night. Hey, third game. What's the third game? Who knows? Any idea? Go ahead. Acronym. There you go. The jargon, the jargon and acronyms. Acronyms. Actually, yeah, yeah, we're not going to have too many acronyms. We're going to have a few jargons. But before we proceed with that, 
let me read you something that Neil deGrasse Tyson said about you know what astronomers come up with in terms of you know words they use uh, because we have here an astronomer and astronomers get the award for creating the most diverse set of terms ever assembled to communicate science. These terms are romantic sounding words, words that mean something different from what they say, words that are intentionally misspelled, words that sound like diseases, words that are historic, historical relics, and most importantly, household words, words, that, uh, words that mean exactly what they say. So consequently, terms of astronomy can be enlightening as well as mind scrambling, but never boring. So let's see about that. So What's we're going to say the, uh, the names, and then you have to tell us what, what, what that is, OK? Roche Loeb. Roche Loeb. Is that an acronym or a word, <laughs> or is that part of the game? There are two words. Two words. Roche Loeb. Roche Loeb. <laughs> is that what it was? Roche Loeb. 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 Lobe. Okay. Um, Rosh. Rosh is a Hebrew. Is a Hebrew yes, word. Yes. yes. The Jewish um, New Year. Yeah. So maybe it's something. I don't actually know what that means. Uh, but. But maybe it's like something Jewish. And then, lobe like an earlobe. So it's a Jewish earlobe. Are there any Jewish yeah. constellations? Because it would be the star that is the lobe in that case. That will be the star of David, right? Yeah, oh. that's, what that's what it is. Yeah. I'm going to go with that. <laughs> Are you all going in with that? I'm locked in. I'm good. Locked in with uh, the ear of the Star of David. <laughs> oh, wow. So let's see um, if, uh, what our experts Any have. alternative explanation? Yeah. It's an indie band. <laughs> of course. <laughs> it's always an indie I band. I would believe it. it. Yeah. Uh, now, a, a Roche lobe is sort of a tear-shaped... Um, if you have two stars, you around the, the binary system, there's something that looks kind of like a, an hourglass shape, you know, like the Wicked Witch of the West, and each end of the hourglass would be what a Roche lobe would be, and it's, it's a, a, a surface around them where it's called the equipotential surface, where you can move around on that surface without expending any energy. Now, when we sent people to the moon, they followed, not the Roche lobe, but they followed, like they went behind the moon and followed the equipotential surface. So like if you saw Apollo 13, they had to keep going to the moon and use the moon to turn them around and then cross over. So it's, it's Roche is actually the name of the mathematician and the lobe is the shape of it. Okay, you right. were not too far. That's quite a lot of science. Uh, <laughs> can, can we try wow. uh, one more? And this is actually an acronym. It's uh, K-O-S-S. Cost. Oh. Mm. <laughs> and, right. mm -mm -mm. and this is actually that uh, Gary invented. It, mm. It's K-O-T-S-S. K-O-T-S. Cots. Um... Is this, a, is this your self-appointed um, title, King of the Sun and Stars? <laughs> Could be from now on, right, yeah, That's pretty good. Uh, I want to change my answer. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only K words that are coming to my head are kangaroo and karate. And Kite? Then... Kids? Kids. Kids of? The stars. The stars. Oh, wait. Of, of stars. Is it something of the star yeah. system? Star no. system? Solar system? Nope. Solar system. Is of the, the OT. Is it is of the. On the. the. On the. On the. Super, on the. super yeah. star. Karate on the sun. Science words. That it's actually a song title. Oh. That really made it easier, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, I don't way, think so. Way easier. The whole acronym is a song title? Just oh. half of it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a song with a with a name that long? Kit. <laughs> Naomi, yeah. have you ever I mean, heard yeah. music? <laughs> Whose song is it, Gary? Carter Family from the state of Virginia. I, I, I do. Oh, like that. like the country. They're like a. Yes, Maybell Carter. Yeah. My that's, that's them. 
<laughs> Come on, Naomi, pull through for us. I don't know. So uh, what's the song? What's the ki- what's the K? Kissing. Keep. Oh. Uh, keep on. Keep the on the sunny side. Yay! There you go. They got it. <laughs> this is how Gary signs yeah. his emails. So we had to put it on there. So and this is a good I segue for the next like section, the next game. Because the next game, we're going to learn a little bit about uh, Gary, yeah, the human, human being, not <laughs> the right, okay. astrophysicist. Not Behind the king of the solar science system. that we <laughs> talked about. That's right. So it's we're becoming gonna, interesting. We're going to play the two truths and a lie. And uh, the audience can also play this if they don't know Gary. <laughs> if they don't know Gary, if they, <laughs> if if they, they do, right. that will be too easy, right? Right, right, right. So okay. during this game, uh, our panel of comedians will read uh, some uh, interesting fact about Gary, and they will try to figure out, obviously, what is the truth and what is the lie. Uh, one of those three facts, we made it up. <laughs> Two of them. All right, are go ahead. Dr. Albright has a true talent for teaching. No wonder he was awarded the General Education Distinguished Professor of the Year Award in 2017. One of the highest honors at JMU. What people might not know is that he often plays the banjo for his students in class and even teaches them to play the ukulele. Maybe this is the reason why the students love him so much. Gary does what he does at JMU from pure and endless love for science and for teaching his students. He doesn't even need this job. <laughs> some, some who Wait know him, him, some who know him well might even call him the Donald Trump of Charlottesville, but only because he is the owner and the manager of some of the greatest real estate in downtown Charlottesville. <laughs> Fortunately, no other similarities apply here. <laughs> Uh, when he started graduate school at the University of Virginia, Gary had to face a grueling routine of going to classes, doing research, and caring for his family. But following his life motto of keeping it on the sunny side, he decided to practice yoga to relax, learn meditation, and became an avid Rubik's Cube solver instead of simply passing the time stargazing like a real astronomer should do. <laughs> so one of them is I'm a light. I'm going to... Oh, good. Only one. I think I think it's the sh- the Charlottesville Donald Trump real estate yeah. one. <laughs> I I think it's Naomi's. I think they put that keep on the sunny side thing as a trap Ooh. for us to be like, oh yeah, we talked about that earlier. No, scientists love meditating. Yeah, it's I kind think. of an overgeneralization. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and Rubik's cubes. Okay, I mean I'll go with y'all, but I I a little bit of me thinks it's Naomi's. If we get this wrong, we should go for Naomi's. Yeah, we should go for okay, Naomi's. Okay, deal. All right. Really? My so you're gonna give off on the Donald Trump thingy? I have faith in my friends. <laughs> I so don't. So you think Gary doesn't need this job? He just does it for the love of it. No, like no, that's no. We think that's not, not true. true. That's a lie. We think he does need this so job. So you just need to tell us what the lie. <laughs> are you saying really two of them are lies? You just think it's a lie? No, no mine, mine is, is a lie. We're saying he does not a own a lot of real estate in Charlottesville. So is that the lie, Gary? No. <laughs> Oh. Has someone called you the Donald Trump of Charlottesville before? <laughs> Did they have to explain it to you? Well. <laughs> Are you running I'm not for sure if I've been specifically called that. <laughs> okay. okay. So you don't meditate? I do not. Uh. There we go. <laughs> and he and does like stargazing. Yeah. And does he play the banjo, for, the banjo for real? I guess so. Sounds like it. In classroom? I have. Like, can you can you just pull it off like this? Like, if we were a classroom? Like, do you have a yeah, banjo yeah, in your back pocket play. right now? Huh? Play for us. Uh, can you, you play for us? Yeah, I, I brought one, yeah. All right, let's really? listen. Really? Oh, let's listen to him play the banjo. All right. Just like Taylor Swift. He was right there. Oh, okay. Guys, he really doesn't need this. Oh, so while uh, Dr. Albright prepares, uh, I'm going to prepare the next game that's going to happen just immediately after, which is called the cookie game, the fortune cookie.
I got a gal that's six foot four, sleeps in the kitchen with her head out the door. I got a gal that's six foot two, she can make a monkey out of all of you. Going up Cripple Creek, going in a run, going up Cripple Creek, have some fun. Going up Cripple Creek, going in a world, going up Cripple Creek, see about a girl. The floor is yours. The cookies are there, all for you. So they're just going to get some inspiration, some lines. They need to use those lines in, in a skit where, uh, what do we have? We have uh, a skit about uh, Dr. Albright in a meeting with some students. Uh, they're all preparing for a new discussion about binary star systems. Take it away. Dr. Albright, we, uh, we just want to talk to you about the upcoming exam. Uh, I'm look, really nervous. I'm really nervous, okay? I'm also really nervous. Uh, we feel like you've, uh, we want to know more about binary systems uh, and, you know, how, you know, oftentimes binary systems, uh, fortunately, political and religious leaders stopped barbecuing astronomers for saying so, turning their spits with human rights activists instead, you know. We want to know about why the binary systems were so controversial in that. In yeah. that whole thing. Yeah. Well, um, as you all know, it is frowned upon to barbecue people. <laughs> and when you have a small uh, group of anything that people don't know a lot about, like binary star systems, and they decide to barbecue a bunch of scientists, they get a really bad rap really quickly. And then all of a sudden, people just think to themselves, uh, they just think that... So far, hypotheses are concerned. Let no one expect anything certain from astronomy, which cannot furnish it, lest he accepts as the truth ideas conceived for another purpose and depart from this study a greater fool than he was when he entered it. But that's just what most people think. Does that mean that after this test, we're going to be dumber? No, it means that after this test, if all goes well, you'll be enlightened. Uh, so, oh, but only if all goes well. And yeah. I told you I'm nervous. So, I, But one thing, I, I feel like I feel less nervous if you would change my grade on the last test because you put that thing about a... I did leave a comment right on the top of your paper. If you dare call something big or bright, you are at risk of exhausting your vocabulary of superlatives if you discover something even bigger or brighter. And you said that to me on, on my test, and I felt like I, I should be able to use words without getting 50 points um, In your short answer, Samantha, you described suns as big and bright 57 times. You said that we're bright. You didn't even give me a thesaurus. I don't know how I was supposed to. This is college. You don't need a, a thesaurus. <laughs> Will you just quit playing banjo in class and teach us something? <laughs> Have you guys heard uh, this new song I wrote? I Uh-oh. Sorry. Um, it, uh, it starts off, um, we live in a changing universe and a few things are changing faster than our conception of it. Timothy Ferris. I, <laughs> it's a work in progress. It's, it's getting there. I just, I feel like if we spend all this time learning about banjo stuff, then we're never going to learn. I have, loved, I have loved the stars too fondly to be fearful of the night. You know you what? Me? Have you, you know ever who? thought that maybe I just wanted to be a star myself? Well, I mean, I'm down to help with that. Well, you, you don't have to be so scared grade. every time we go out stargazing. You're always like, ah, the nighttime. I'm, I'm terrified. Like, you don't have to be okay, scared. Okay, throughout that? history, <laughs> most bad things have happened at night. That's, Am I wrong? That's true, I mean, but, I, it, but you study you right? stars. They're like, your friends are all up there with you, you know? Yeah, but bad things can happen while your friends are around. Well, <laughs> well honestly... May the terms may the terms be with you, Samantha. I'm uh, I'm not sure if that's a threat or a promise. That's a that's but, a promise, Gary. But that's you know what? I'll remember that when I'm grading your paper. Oh. And you know what else I'm gonna remember? What are you gonna? The remember? stars never lie, but the astrologers lie about the stars. Wait, are you saying that you've been lying to us this whole semester? What is this class? <laughs> Does any of this, is any of this really happening? I don't need these glasses. You are a liar. <laughs> you know, I'm not Gary Albright. Oh. What? 
I'm just a folk-loving banjo man from the Shenandoah Valley. But I used to look up in the stars, look at the sky at night, and think, what if I could be one of those? Well, and they say the best way to learn is to teach. So I just went to JMU and said, can I teach them about stars? And they were just like, yeah, it was really easy, actually. Well, so your, your goal in teaching us about stars has been to become a star. But how do, you explain, how do you explain the fact that the Bible tells us to go to heaven, but not how the heavens go? Like, how do you, well, how do you explain that? You gave me the yeah. Bible, and you were like, just study this, and you'll be fine for the exam. Well, yeah. certainly the history of astronomy shows that every time we thought we were special, we were wrong. Yeah, well, that's kind of like having astronomy without knowing where the stars are. Like, you're just sounding wacky, man. That's like a history teacher wanting to be the Civil War because he's teaching about the Civil War. That doesn't make any sense. It's not going to happen. My math teacher's not going to become the multiplication symbol. But what if he could? Hey, he, it doesn't matter. He can't. You know, I came here for a review for the exam, and I'm beginning to just think that this whole class is a ruse. Oh, no, the, the whole exam is just this. We're taking the test right now by yelling at you. Yeah, precisely. But how are we graded? Well, Is on, there extra credit? on your discourse, obviously. How are we doing? Uh, honestly, all right, about like low B. Okay, we got to do better. You've got to ask better questions. Crank well, here I have, I have a big, I have something big to say. All right, I'm, 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 I'm ready, Samantha. Well, it may be disappointing. I have to confess to to people who ask for my insights on the meaning of it all, that astronomy doesn't provide any clearly useful data on matters of sin and souls. So you know what? This class is useless to me because you, if you I don't them. know what it all means after taking your course, then what was the point? I don't know what it all means either, Samantha. That's the point. The good thing about science is that it's true whether or not you believe in it. <laughs> that is... That is true, John. That's a, a good short answer. Um, Did I, am I up into the high B range now? <laughs> You're in a high more. B. What, what I'm looking for is something along the lines of, look at the stars. It won't fix the economy. won't stop wars. won't give you flat abs. or help you figure out your relationship or what you want to do with your life. But it helps you remember that you and your problems are both infinitesimally small and conversely that you are a piece of an amazing and vast universe. Wait, that's what you're looking for? Look at the stars. It won't fix the economy. It won't stop wars. But if, is that, like, am I getting somewhere? Am I getting into the You a just range? got an A, Samantha. Oh, Whoa. sweet. <laughs> that was all you had to do. Uh, I can do it, too. Go uh, for it. The light from elliptical galaxies is dominated by old red stars, that's while the light from spiral galaxies is dominated by young blue ones. That's not what he said earlier. Hey, Samantha, do you want to go, uh, I don't know, make fun of this loser? Yeah. Wh what? What? Where am I? Um, listen, um, the Astronomer's Cosmic Laboratory contains billions of stars and galaxies. It should be no surprise that catalogs proliferate the profession. Is that a dig at me? What? Honestly, yeah. no. I know, that, I know that, like, you're so awful and everything, but... But it's okay because, you know, part of the mystery of science is not even knowing yet what question to ask. So it's okay that you never can ask questions in class and never know the answers because apparently Okay, you know what? You know what? I don't even need this, okay? I want to sell shoes for a living. I don't need this. Well, you I better take this. this gen ed seriously. Uh, all right. Well, let me tell you what, okay? We're all in the gutter. But some of us are looking at the stars, okay? And maybe, maybe I don't know what a white dwarf is or a red giant or a binary system, but I know how to play that banjo pretty well. And I can fish with the best of them. You know what? I'll give you a chance, uh, uh, an extra credit opportunity. You, oh, guys, uh, I do you guys can go out at nighttime and protect me because I'm scared. And we'll all look at the stars, and depending on how it goes, I can give you some extra credit. Because astronomers, like burglars and jazz musicians, operate best at night. Okay. Oh, all right, okay. all right. Well, when there's extra credit involved, you know I'm in. Um, so. Aren't we all? So, uh, so although uh, we just made fun of this man over here, <laughs> um, uh, 
I, I'll have to say that people get cranky when you burst their bubble. Over time, advances in astronomy have relentlessly reinforced the utter insignificance of Earth on a celestial scale. So I understand why we would be frustrated with him and he would be frustrated with us. Just know that we're so insignificant. Your grade on this test, in the grand scheme of things, is as insignificant as you are. Or, or more. Hey, thanks, Gary. Let's go watch <laughs> some stars. <laughs> you guys. So uh, that's pretty much it, folks. But before, before we take off, um, we are going to invite the comedians to say something about what they learned tonight. Um, I learned that there are systems where there are more than one star uh, orbiting each other. Um, I saw Interstellar, and I thought I knew everything about space, but I uh, guess I was wrong. I, uh, yeah, I learned where to look once Medusa's back in the sky. Uh. Up. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited to try that out. I learned about the different stages of a star, a black hole, the... Um, what um, remind me of the black hole term? Red giant. No, 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 no event black, horizon. Event horizon. That's pretty. I think that's pretty interesting. So Matthew McConaughey ran into, and then you know we saw all time. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. With Tars, the robot. Go watch Interstellar. Yeah. I thought it was cool. We learned that a supernova is as bright as like a whole galaxy. That's that's crazy. Yeah. Very interesting stuff tonight for sure. I think they learned something. Okay, before we go, I've got a little thing here. I want to. Oh. Tonight is the full harvest moon, and so I'm awarding each one of you uh, a full moon button that you can now wear proudly on every full moon. I was told I had to take mine off because it would be a giveaway with the astronomy thing. No, I, 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 I got very lucky with the first question. All right, thank you all. There's a mystery to untangle using comedy as our angle. Of a special guest with a little jesting will be demystifying the expert using laughter as our guide. Demystifying the expert till our questions have been satisfied and the expert has been well demystified. <laughs> <laughs>